Well, welcome to the 4E Podcast. I'm Micah, and I'm uh, sitting on Russell's couch. Hi, Micah. I hope you're enjoying my couch. I'm sitting on a chair and a half. What is a chair and a half? It's, well, it's just a bigger chair. <laughs> it's like not as big as a, as a love seat, but it's bigger than a chair. It's a chair and a half. So did you get it at a discount? No. I got it for the price that a chair and a half would cost. Oh, okay. Yeah. So again, it's, it's priced less than a love seat, but more than a chair. Because it's, it's more than a chair. So it's priced it's correctly. A chair and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we're not a furniture podcast. Right. Uh, we are the 4E podcast. That's, that's correct. And the 4Es uh, have nothing to do with the Everly Brothers, uh, as I've been told. But... It is move past that? <laughs> yeah. I thought we were done with the Everly Brothers. <laughs> this is the last one I'll that bring was, it up. That was a let. That was a run of course. Okay. Yeah. We need to keep these things to one podcast. Got it. Sorry. And not let them spill over. Yeah, I just thought we'd have a whole arc on the... No. I don't okay. think that's what we do. No. Well, it is the four E's, which is the four essential elements of brewing, which are water, yeast, hops, and grain. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Unprompted. That's right. I just wanted to beat you to the punch. All right. See, we do that every episode. I think we could have an Everly Brothers. That's our name. That really (laughs) has nothing to do with the Everly Brothers. Our name is the 4E Podcast, so we need to explain what the 4Es are. Yes, the 4Es. Yes. Has nothing to do with And they don't start with E. They don't, as as you can tell. Right. Right. So, today's a special episode. Well, before we get into that... Before we get into that, we have to mention at the 4E podcast. All right. So on Instagram, follow us on Instagram at the 4E podcast. Uh, we, if you're, you're obviously listening to this podcast on some type of platform, we're on many types of platforms. Lots of them. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, others. Yeah. Like, subscribe, give us five stars on Spotify. All of Did you say Spotify? Yes. Yeah, so I think oh, okay. it was the third one I said. Yeah. I wasn't clearly following them all. But yes, we're on like almost any, anywhere you can... Anywhere you get your podcast. Right. And if we're not on that, then get your podcast somewhere else. Yes, that's right. And tell your friends about it. Rate us highly. Five stars. Only five star ratings. Do we get any new ones that you have? Because we've promised to have Russell read anything that was put into the comments on reviews. So Russell's going to pull that up. I'm going to say no, but I'm I looking think, right now. I think we're just begging for we, these things we have that we not, haven't got. Well, at least on Apple, we have not gotten a new. So if you want uh, Russell to say something really ridiculous, then uh, leave a that, comment. Yeah, leave a comment in the five-star review. Yes. Yeah. Anyhow, this is a special uh, episode. We've been teasing it for... Is it a very special episode? Did I say very before? No. Oh. But is it a very special episode? It can be. <laughs> Would you like it to be? I mean, I think it's fine if we don't <laughs> call it a very special episode. Can be a extra very cool episode, something. No, that's like like eighty sitcoms would oh. have like very special episodes oh. when they when they talk about something serious. Oh, <laughs> well, we will talk about something serious this episode. Yes, actually, the particular theme of this episode might be a little more serious than most. But, uh, but yes, it is a very special episode of the 4E podcast where we've been teasing this for a, a couple of episodes. Two episodes ago, we were going over this article 
similar to the Black is Beautiful collaboration. It's the Things We Don't Say to Observe Mental Health Awareness Month here in May. Hope for the Day is a nonprofit that is sort of spearhead- spearheading it. The project was created, I'm just reading from the website, project was created to help shift how we approach mental health by encouraging people to talk about their experiences and feelings, both good and bad, and to demonstrate the importance of asking for help when we need it. So uh, the things that we don't say craftier for mental health is a call to empower breweries from around the globe to use their platforms to stand up for those who suffer in silence with their mental health be it anxiety, depression, or other mental illness. It's named for, or named after Hope for the Day's flagship mental health education curriculum, Things We Don't Say. It's a 6% IPA being released now. In conjunction with Hope for the Day's Shake the Stigma Awareness Campaign for Mental Health Awareness Month. Proceeds will go to... To Hope for the Day. To Hope for the Day, yeah. Yeah, So Hope for the Day uh, paired up with Eagle Park Brewing, uh, Malutrop Malting Company and Hollingberry and Son Inc. Hop Company. And so the malting company obviously uh, was providing the malts at a discount mm-hmm. to these breweries. The hopping company was providing hops at a discount. Uh, Eagle Park Brewing helped to build the recipe. And then they were the ones that were kind of the initial spearheading of this collaboration and inviting breweries all across the country and probably even across the world to take part and raise awareness and uh, uh, asking to donate proceeds back to Hope for the Day. So our first one, so we have two that we're going to reveal, uh, and neither of us have had either. Have you had any of the Things We Don't Say series at all? No, I have not. Me neither. Uh, so picked up yeah. any. And the, there's been a few interesting ones. I wasn't sure like which one you were going to pick up or anything like that because we each... We each picked up uh, a different one, mm-hmm. and they're um, they're IPAs, but they're different style IPAs. So it'll be fun to kind of drink and and talk through the the beers that way. But I wasn't sure what what you were picking up, so I didn't want to like jump the gun and and grab something sure. that you might have because you weren't even sure what you were getting. Yeah, we I wasn't talking. either. We knew what I was getting because we had mentioned it that uh, we're, I was going to pick up the Kinslager one. Sure. On the last podcast, but but yeah, we uh, weren't sure about. Which one you were going to do. Sure. Well, I picked up, as you know uh, now, (laughs) is the one from Liquid Love Brewing Company. It is a double dry hopped India Pale Ale. One pint is uh, 6% ABV. They're out of Buffalo Grove, Illinois. Yes. So um, I I found the recipe. So they recommending it. Azaka, Cashmere, and El Dorado. And so I believe that those are the hops that we're going to be going with in here. So yeah, it's a... Double dry hop hazy IPA from Liquid Love, hopped with the Azaka Cashmere and El Dorado, as per the recipe developed by Eagle Park Brewing. Cool. All right, well let's uh, let's open it let's up. Let's open it up. Yeah. See if I can't pour it without you know overflowing the glass. Well, we got a you know pint glasses and it's a pint can, so it's always a little tricky with getting ahead on your beer. I typically have a little bit of a. Uh, left in the can when I'm pouring, so. Yeah, so I got the top and still have a little bit left here. Oh, it's so close. But I don't have a giant head, so. I did pretty yeah, good. you have a pretty good size head. I have a very tiny head in my beer. So it's, it smells uh, quite citrusy, of, you know, mm-hmm. very juicy. Yeah. Just the, the initial nose, very strong. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of good hop aroma mm-hmm. coming through. Let's. Uh, it, it's a hazy, so you kind of expect the color to be that you know kind of uh, you know orangey, yellow, golden color, and a hazy you can't see through it yeah. at all. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, bros, yeah. bros. Hmm. Was a lot lighter than I thought it was going to end up being. Well, hazies can be a little tricky overall because. You know, this is a 6%, um, so it's on the lower end, I would say, of like, unless you're you're talking what they call like session IPAs, which are, you know, easy drinking, usually like four to in the 4 to 5% range, and this being right at 6. So it's an easier drinking end of the IPA spectrum, especially because a lot of hazies that they end up being like double or, you know, and so there's just more to it. But this is a really nice, easy drinking hazy, like you said, uh, a really big like hop bitterness on the finish too that you don't always get with a hazy. Um, you know, you, uh, I, I at least find the ones that I tend to, to purchase have like kind of more smooth and creamy finishes and, and that just that hop bitterness just isn't fully there. But this is, has, it reminds you it's an IPA in all the best way. Mm-hmm. And so I, I appreciate that about this one. Yeah. I wouldn't have even noticed that, actually. The hot bitterness being there as being sort of an abnormality. I mean, there are definitely places that want to bring more of a hot bitterness to their um, to their hazy IPAs or New England style IPAs. Um, and so they... Uh, I, I don't know too much about Liquid Love in general, but I find... The trendier thing is to move away from the more bitterness in in hazy IPAs, and so it's nice to kind of get that back, where you can get that get some different aromas and flavors from the process of brewing a hazy, but you also get that nice uh, that nice bitterness from that IPA. So, so Russell and I were talking earlier about trying to figure out more about liquid love brewing uh but they don't really have a lot of information on their site well they don't have a lot of information about like their background when they started exactly i mean just sort of the we normally kind of hit those highlights as we go through and i almost feel like it's a little weird that we don't have that so if you're listening if you're a loyal listener and you're like oh tell us more about liquid love and when they started and who's their brewers and we don't have that information. You know. I'll, I'll read to you what they have on the Meet Liquid Love page. And they say, doing it for the love. Liquid Love Brewing Company started with a love for beer and devotion to excellence in our ingredients. Our focus is bringing you beer that has heart. The beer we create is defined by bold flavors and tempered by our passion for delicious food and beautiful artwork. We are dedicated to collaborating with breweries both in Chicago proper as well as across the country with breweries we're glad to call friends. And that that's the like about us section of their website. You think that they would call their not use friends, but lovers. I mean well, that has a different connotation. <laughs> so that's a nice that's a really nice beer. They so, they do say on their Instagram post about the release for this beer. This is honestly one of our favorite hop forward beers we've brewed here in Buffalo Grove. That tells you a lot about like how much they enjoyed this beer because I, I know they've been around for Liquid Love at least for a couple of years. I've, I've seen them pop up just on like Instagram and, and things like that 
with uh, you know people drinking and posting pics for at least a couple of years. So I know, you know, at least two years is when I probably first heard about them, somewhere in that range. Sure. Uh, and so they've probably been around longer than that, but I don't have an exact date for when they kicked off. If um, you guys know, or if you work at Liquid Love Brewing and you're listening to this, leave a comment in the review uh, with more information, or reach out and we will uh, maybe have you on the podcast. You want to talk about the label? Because the labels are all pretty standard for all of these beers. Right, just like the Black, just like is, Black beautiful. is Beautiful. So, mm-hmm. you know, they had the labels that were created. So it's this, you know, mostly red background with white lettering and, and that. And then um, on kind of the main page, or the kind of the front of the camera, it says things we don't say at the top. Did and you then say the, main page? Yeah, I did say main page. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's that's fair. That's absolutely fair. I did say main page. Our listeners are thinking the same thing. Did yes. you just say page? I did. I was I was trying to move past it really quick, <laughs> hoping you didn't catch it. And then I'll have the the brewery's logo at the bottom of the front of the label. And then as you kind of move around to the sides, it gives you more details on collaboration and who all the partners, uh, who they've all partnered with. And then there's also details saying it's okay to not be okay, and then has uh, phone numbers to call for National Suicide Prevention, National Sexual Assault Hotline, Crisis Text Hotline, uh, for Veterans, Trevor Project, for LGBTQ uh, Youth, Trans Life, Substance Abuse, Mental Health Services. So just a lot of you know really cool connections to, to have on this can yeah. and to show like the, this really is to support mental health and to bring that awareness up. Yeah, and there's even like a QR code on there to scan for mental health resources. So, oh wow, I didn't yeah I didn't see that. That's yeah. great. So yeah, it's uh yeah they're all pretty standard. I I like the color palette, red and white. Mm-hmm. Easy stands out yeah. a lot. Yeah. So before we started recording, Russell asked me where did I pick it up at? Right, because right, you'd never heard of Liquid Love, right? <laughs> no, I'd never heard of it. I told you which one I picked up, and you're like, oh, yeah, I've kind of heard of them and wanted to try something from them. Yeah. I I would say that uh, this particular beer we're reviewing is now being sponsored. <laughs> Not by Liquid Love, but by a, a loving, loyal listener, Rob Mayer, uh, picked it up for me and provided it for our review. <laughs> so I was wondering if that's what it was, because... I saw, uh, I, I follow him on, on tap, so I'll see his check-ins, and I saw that he had checked this in, and then, like, the next day, you're like, I picked up Liquid Love, and also, I, I, I had seen that you had, you guys, like, had had some beers together, too, because I follow you on Untapped, and you were checking in together, so I was like, oh, so they just hung out, he had had this, uh, I think, previous to that, and, and then you'd tell me that you picked it up, I'm like, you probably got it from Rob. I did. I did, and he uh, he was really nice to pick it up for me and uh, provide it. For did he us. say any? Did you give you like? So how did he go get it? Did he pick it up at a local place? Did he, he go up to the brewery? He went to a. Uh, it's just a bottle shop in in Lyle. I think it's an appropriate description for it. They have a lot of like mix and match six pack type deal. So yeah. So he did pick it up there. He liked this one. He also got the one from Moore, which he said he thought it was a little heavier. The Moore one? The Moore one. Yeah. Uh, and he liked it, but he liked this one better because it was just easier drinking. Yeah. Like we've kind of already kind of 
mentioned in our initial reactions. So uh, I promised Rob I would mention him several times. <laughs> Not that he has any material gain from all this as a sponsor, but right. <laughs> but we do thank him for uh, for provide picking it up for me and providing it for for the podcast. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> Friend of the friend of the podcast now. Friend of the podcast. That's official, right. Official official uh, title. That's right. I think we can dub him friend of the podcast <laughs> since he provided beer to the podcast. <laughs> That's right. So. so yeah, it's uh, it was really nice of him. This is uh, I like this beer. I like yeah, it's really light and easy drinking. I I, I kind of always think of a double dry hopped IPA being a little slightly heavier mm-hmm. and uh, a little more higher alcohol content. But is that is that a misconception on my point my part being sort of I mean of I think a, it I think it can be and I think a lot of what's really popular are those like boozier high ends. Uh, so a lot of these hazies will go the double IPA as well as they're, as they're doing the double dry hop, which is just like also known as an imperial IPA typically. So they're just like boozier, higher ABV content, and so I think those tend to drink a little heavier anyways because of the additional grains and hops and stuff to get to that higher ABV level where this being at six it's a you know middle ground ABV I would say it's pretty pretty middle-ish for beer in general but for IPAs especially especially these like hazies that are out there it's probably like lower end because I think most hazies are in like the six to eight percent range is typically what I see Mm-hmm. So, so this being right at six, kind of okay, still within the range, but at the yeah. bottom of it, sure. Yeah. Okay. And that's just thinking yeah. anecdotally. I don't really have any stats to back that up. That's just kind of as I what I sure know from what I buy. Yeah, we're not the experts. We only have a podcast. We just, yeah, we're just podcast guys. <laughs> Should we take a few more sips of this and then have the other one go back and forth a little bit, or we can do that? Yeah. Because, I mean, it's a whole pint. I mean, we could sit here and just BS yeah. for a while. But Yeah. No, I was thinking I was thinking I probably wouldn't finish this all the way through by the time we started the the next one. So, so I don't know if, you know, so we need to go back and forth as, like, double fisting. <laughs> but, like, we, we can, you know, we can take a pause and go to the other one and then just kind of drink as needed as right. we go through the rest of the podcast and get into beer news and that. But. Sure. I mentioned it the two episodes ago, just the reason I picked out the article to begin with had more to do with just my own struggles with mental health. And so I was kind of excited that they were doing something to kind of bring more awareness to it. So I, uh, I do love that this is happening. I was not really aware of mental health awareness month before, but now I am. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. I didn't know that May was mental health awareness month at all. And so I, I think it's important, like when you, if there's something that is important to you, like, uh, like mental health and, and, uh, you know, improving your own mental health. If you see something that, you know, connects to something you love like beer and can kind of bring those two things together. I think that's just a a great thing to talk about and, and to celebrate in this way. And I think drinking these beers is kind of a celebration of like the fact that this is a time that we can that people are out there to talk about it. I mean, I just think like five, 10 years ago, no one was talking about mental health and the importance of mental health and, Mm -hmm. and all of that. And I think, you know, we've come really far in this space and this is a great way to, to help continue to build that awareness, 
you know, celebrate as far as we come and, and keep going as, as this, these are important things to talk about. And, you know, it's, I think, you know, hope of the day and a lot of mental health proponents will say it's okay to not be okay. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's okay to ask for help. And the only real issue is if you don't say anything mm-hmm. like that's, that's really the big problem. Like there's no, there's no shame in asking for help. There's no shame in admitting that you need help and um, there's no shame in, in not being okay. Yeah, absolutely. I think they were saying that they're trying to help remove the stigma right around it. So I also kind of piggybacking off of what you were saying. There's so many people that you'll hear who've committed suicide, their friends and family or, or whoever, they just had no idea. Right. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, on the outside, they seemed jovial and yeah, weren't necessarily uh, down or whatever else. But it's sometimes uh, easier to put on a mask for, for the outside world, even though it could be family and friends. So definitely something to, um, yeah, I mean, the things we don't say, say it, right? I mean, I right. think that's essentially what we're, what the message is. If you, if you have something you're struggling with, keeping it to yourself, just gonna, gonna make it worse. And, uh, and so, yeah, saying something to anybody can, can definitely help get you going in the right direction and, uh, getting some sort of counseling or psychiatry. There's no shame in it really. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, any last thoughts on liquid love? I thought it was great. Very happy with this, very impressed with this beer. And, uh, Probably will look out for more of these uh, liquid or just more liquid love beers in, in general going forward. Did you say how much went for or did your buddy Rob just put the bill for you? Yeah, that's why he's the sponsor of okay. this particular Well, thanks, <laughs> Rob. Uh, I'm sure they're all similarly priced. So <laughs> whatever you paid probably was close to whatever he paid. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure that's probably somewhat true. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's move on to our second beer that we're going to drink in the Things We Don't Say space. This is, the Things We Don't Say is a collaborative effort, right? But this was actually, this beer was a collaboration beer done by Kinslager, One Lake Brewing in Oak Park, and Oak Park Brewing. So those are the three breweries in the town of Oak Park, Illinois. All got together and brewed Things We Don't Say beer together. So does that make it a collaboration of a collaboration? I would say so, yes. Uh, so uh, the, just right off the bat, I'm seeing on the labels slightly different. Besides having the three logos of the, the collaboration partners, uh, it says craft beer for mental health with a little heart on it. Uh, the can does say that um, this was brewed in can at Kinslogger. So that was the, the space that they used for the process. At least my assumption is based on what it says on the can there. But um, I know that they did sell the beers at all three locations. Oh, okay. And I believe at Kinslager's Tap Room is currently closed, but I think I believe the other two are open. So I think they had it, had it on draft at the other two at One Lake and Oak Park Brewing. Cool. So this one uh, is not a hazy. It's uh, going to be a clear IPA. And, and so it's going to be more of like traditional or West Coast style IPA, one of those two. Though they are different traditional IPAs and West Coast style IPAs, but I don't really have a good definition for how they're different. I just, I I saw a tweet recently that was like, uh, I can't define the difference between the two, but you know, you know it when you drink it. Yeah. Yeah. But you you can't define it, but you can taste it. Yeah. (laughs) So let's open it up and pour and kind of take a look at it and, and give it a try. 
significantly clearer. Yeah. Right off the bat. Trying to count the bubbles. Yeah. Oh, no, that was last episode. Yeah. (laughs) How's that going for you? (laughs) Kind of getting a grainy smell. It's probably a little more malty. Yeah, a little more malty on this than than the other one. Let's uh, give it a try here. Prost. Prost. Wow, that's good. That's really good. I think I probably also favor more of a malt Mm. flavor profile. That's probably why I'm like, oh yeah, that's nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely more of your traditional IPA with like, you get the little hoppy bitterness. It's it's fruity, but not like citrusy, like like the hazy one was citrusy, but... The, the fruitiness is, um, is is a little different. We'll, we'll get to like the details and all that later, but you definitely get the more malt backbone of it a lot more in that. So that reminds me of more of a traditional IPA with that hoppy bitterness with a good malt backbone. And that's kind of like a, this doesn't really remind me flavor profile of Two-Hearted, but like that's kind of how I would describe Two-Hearted with like a hoppy bitterness and hop aromas with a solid malt backbone, and that's kind of what this more is. Again, it's not the flavor profile is right. completely yeah, different, yeah. but that's kind of the drinking experience for me. I feel like IPAs to me tend to have a little bit more, like be more happy, but I, I'm not picking up much of the like bitterness in this that I yeah. think I normally associate with an IPA. I'm, it's, I'm getting more of that malt. And I don't know if it's because I'm drinking it right after the yeah. juicy IPA. Yeah, it could be. And we didn't really pause to like drink any water or eat some, eat some crackers or anything to clear, clear the palate. I feel like it's there. I feel like that bitterness is there for me, but it's a lot more subtle. It's just, it's not as strong. A little bit more about the beer itself. So Ken Zoyer said the collaboration was a lot of fun for the three respective brew teams. Ideas were raised and shot down, raised again, tweaked, twisted, turned, and honed. In the end, everyone agreed that the goal was a nice, clear 6% IPA with a brushed copper color and a stone fruit forward flavor and aroma. Um, so that's what they said in, in their announcement. Well, they, hit, they hit the description of the color, right? Yeah. They do say a little bit more on their website. The fruits specifically are peach and lychee aromas are up front with a nice balancing malt backbone. And again, the the brushed copper color. Brushed copper. Yeah. I mean, that, that's... Like an old penny. That's dead on with that. It's a beautiful color. I agree. I, I think my tongue salivates when I see that color in a beer. Yeah. It's real nice. I don't know. I've been to Kinslogger. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really like Chicago Common. I'm not really familiar with uh, One Lake or Oak Park Brewing. Um, Are they significantly smaller? or? So I haven't visited either of those locations. One Lake is uh, the newest of the three. Mm-hmm. And they have like a really very cool looking space that I had hoped to get to. And then the pandemic hit and all that so i think it's on like our list to go check out because it's, it's pretty close to where we're at where we're sitting right now yeah where we're sitting right now it's it's very close nice oak park brewing is actually closer oh. but uh, <laughs> for good things about about most i haven't had uh anything from one lake i've obviously had a lot of kinslager you know i both have been there mm-hmm. um and I, i've been there multiple times and and ordered a lot of stuff from them during this pandemic i've had some Oak Park brewing beers at um, different like beer fests, especially like things that like Oak Park was hosting, Oak Park brewing would be at. And so I've had some of their stuff from there and it was, it was good. Nothing, nothing really stood out 
to me from there. So I just haven't haven't really taken the the trip over um, to that location either. That being said, this is a really nice beer, and if they're, I know that this is a collaboration, but if they're churning out stuff like that, it's probably worth the trip. Yeah, I'm curious, uh, and I'm not saying that you uh, would know. And maybe we should get a, a brewer on the podcast. But I'm curious how these collaborations go down. You know, like, clearly they meet at one location. It seems just yeah from our sleuthing on the can uh, that they met at Kinslogger to do the brewing. But I'm just curious how they, like, set out to... Because, you know, collaborations aren't rare. I, I think they're becoming more and more... Yeah, they're definitely becoming more and more popular. Um, you're right. And so... I'm just kind of curious how those things go down. I mean, I think the brewing community is a, a pretty small world. And so you kind of just like meet friends, meet friends and hit it off. And, and, you know, a lot of collaborations happen with like different breweries in the Chicago area get together and brew stuff together. And then a lot of collaborations happen where like, hey, this brewery from, you know, this place in Ohio, like these guys came in and we brewed this together and we're going to you know, release it. And so I think it's just like, you kind of make friends and make connections and like, Hey, I like what you do. Hey, I like what you do. Let's get together on something. So be interesting. We should have a brewer on sometime. Yeah. Sometime soon. Hopefully we'll talk about how all that goes down. <laughs> so we can talk about like, there's a, a fun collaboration that I saw unrelated to things we don't say. Okay. So we, we've talked about, you know, Great American Beer Fest in on past podcasts. Mm-hmm. Gap. And, uh, yeah, Gap. And uh, <sighs> Beezer winning gold medal in the yeah. um, Hazy IPA in 2019. Mm, Beezer's good. Beezer's really good. The year before that, Alarmist Le Joux won Bless you. gold medal for the same category. And they're just like a couple miles apart in Chicago and, and won back-to-back golds. And Alarmist jokingly was like, hey, we should get together and did like a poor Photoshop of what their would their two beers would be and call it the bees. <laughs> and now here we are like, uh, you know, almost two years later after that joke went out, they finally got together and made the bees. Oh, did they? Oh, so, nice. Yeah. So that... that got released uh, over the last week or so and they used that that photoshopped <laughs> picture that they did originally and just put that on a can so collaborations maybe take a couple years to happen but you know you you kind of just uh get together with people that you click with i guess i guess that's what i kind of really appreciate of craft beer i mean obviously it's a business but there's definitely a community and um there's just sort of a kinship there that they get together and they like each other's beer and they don't just drink their own stuff and they'll get together and like, Hey, let's do something together. And they, and that's not a big deal. Like that's, yeah. that's just sort of uh it's just, it's just the culture. So that's kind of neat. Yeah. Just a, a few things with Kinslager since, you know, they're kind of the, the main driver of this. I mean, if you look at the, the three, they're the top one and the other two are below and then, you know, it was canned there. So we're going to say it's theirs and the other two just kind of helped Yeah, for the purposes of this podcast. So Kinslager, I believe we've, we've talked about them in the past. They specialize in lagers and lager styles. Um, and so to do an IPA ale is, is a different type of thing. They had an IPA that they 
brewed a year ago that was also a like a raising awareness collaboration I, I'm forgetting what the cost was unfortunately um, but I think that was the first IPA that they had done and it was an interesting beer but weren't they part of the uh, black is beautiful or no yes but that's not an IPA oh okay sorry thank you yeah <laughs> Yeah, so is another. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so that, that I'm sure it's a worthy cause, but yeah, that was that was also a very good beer, but that was uh, a stout that they did like a you know like a lagered version of a stout, so it was a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, they didn't take part in that. So they have done some ales and things like, or they have done it at least once before. So it was nice to to see kind of what they could do again with this. But as I mentioned, their tap room is currently closed. Uh, they're doing a lot of local del- delivery business. So you can either do like pickup from the brewery directly or like curbside pickup or uh, local delivery. So I opted for local delivery because I'm close enough for them to bring it for free on Saturdays. The four pack was $15 and then I had it delivered right to my door. Hmm. I bought some other stuff too. I, I feel bad about having them deliver <laughs> one four pack. So I got I got a second thing. I got a second thing of Kinslager beers. Because, I mean, why not? <laughs> yeah. If you're going to have it one delivered, might as well get two. Exactly. Or five. Yeah. <laughs> my fridge is very full of beer right now. Oh, okay. So I was like, I, but I, I need to get this for the podcast. But um, I, I can't just get one four pack. I need to get a second. <laughs> so then... That's how I ended up with a couple of things from Ken's Lager. Yeah. I do like that there was an opt-out of the specific style on the website. Oh, yeah. Uh, We were joking about it before we were recording. It says something about if you don't do IPAs, we just ask that you use water. Yeah. (laughs) It was just like, and that's one of the four E's. Right. You would hope they would use water. Yeah. You can go ahead and... I'm not sure what you would use otherwise. Tweak the recipe, but... Just just use water. I think like from their perspective, they just want people to, to like take part of this collaboration because the more you know the more awareness they can raise and also like that's you know donations and income coming in with part of the part of the proceeds from each of these beers going back to hope for the day. Like they're just happy to, to take part in, in this and have a couple of really nice beers that people can enjoy. Yeah, I think they were both really well done. I think just my predisposition to liking more multi beers. Of the two, I like the Kinslogger collaboration of a collaboration more so than the Liquid Love, but they're both, I love how light and easy drinking the Liquid Love one is too. So, I mean, they're both really good. I think I kind of like the Kinslogger collaboration of a collaboration a little bit more. That's fair. I don't know how you feel. Uh, I would probably say Liquid Love out of the two is my favorite. Again, both really nice beers, both really good, but I think just like what I prefer drinking right now is more of the that hazy style, especially a hazy that kind of has everything that I want, which is like easier drinking, but still like big citrus hop aromas and, and a little bit of that like bitterness at the at the finish. So, so yeah, out of the two, I would probably gravitate more towards the Liquid Love, but I still really like the Kinslager, and I think um, that's a really nicely done beer. So. Yeah. I'm also a huge fan of Kinslager. <laughs> As am I, but... <laughs> I'm not saying you're not. But I think the one time I went there with you, and I had the Chicago Common, and I'm like, I this might be the best beer I've ever had. It's terrific. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it wasn't the best beer I've ever had. And actually, not, I haven't had it in several years, so... Yeah. Like, I don't know if, like, almost nostalgia kicking in... Or really enjoyed our time together. 
And if I had it today, I mean, be like, it probably oh. wasn't that you enjoyed our time together. Let's be honest. You just enjoyed the beer. <laughs> I enjoy, if I didn't enjoy our time together, I wouldn't come over and record the podcast. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the Chicago Commons probably their their kind of flagship lager. It's really good. It hasn't been available a lot recently, so I'm not sure. Really? Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with probably doing too much of these uh, IPAs lately, and they gotta <laughs> get back to the common. <laughs> But too many collaborations of collaborations. Yeah. Anyways, any other closing thoughts on the, the either of the two beers? Uh, yeah, I think I, I kind of hit hit the highlights. I, I like them both. I like how easy drinking Liquid Love is. Uh, it has that hot bitterness. To me, a little subtle at the end, but I, I like that about it. And uh, I really like the maltiness of the Kinslager One Lake Oak Park collab. Above all, I just really like the cause, to be honest. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're having some trouble, say something. Say something. Reach out. It's okay to not be okay. Like we said, there's no shame in asking for help when you need some help. And even if it's, like, not something, like, serious or as serious as like suicidal thoughts right like if you just are having some anxiety issues or some depression issues like those are valid reasons to go get some help and to like talk through those things with someone like that those are very important to address and not just uh, let them go it's okay you know a lot of people are realizing that there's a lot more freedom in talking about these things too so plus i mean we're just living in really like kind of hectic times in general (laughs) this has been a hard like 15 months yeah, between the pandemic, politics is where they are, and the civil unrest, um, there's just a lot going on. So there's a lot to kind of get down about. Well, we're going to uh, get into beer news now. And for loyal listeners of the podcast, this is no, this is probably no surprise. We're recording this on May 19, and not sure when I'll get published. We do this all ourselves. Micah does all the editing and, and getting it published and all that and he's a busy guy full-time work you know family a bunch of kids all that so you know we get these up when we can and so a lot of times we've gravitated towards beer news that wasn't necessarily as like timing or timely or or breaking or something like that because we know just we're not going to get to it in time but there was something and there's other people who could probably do it better there's going to be other people that do it better right so we just kind of talk about some things that we like and and that but there was some crappier news that we just thought was too important to not talk about that that has uh surfaced over the last week or so and so we wanted to to bring this up and again since we're talking about this just on on may 19 by the time you're listening to this podcast information may have changed or maybe more developments that that came out so if our information isn't completely accurate to what it is when you're listening to, you know, we, we apologize, but that's just kind of the time constraints that we're looking at. But we did want to bring up probably the biggest story in craft beer right now is the accusations of sexism, sexual harassment, even some sexual assault and rape and that that has uh, come about across the beer industry in, in general um, over the last week or so mm-hmm. um, is really what it is. So. Kind of the inciting event, I would say, was um, this brewer, our production manager, I think, is was her title. Production manager. Yeah, at, production at manager. Brewing in, in Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah. Her name is Brianne Allen, and she had been back at the brewer, brewery for the first time in maybe a year, I, mm-hmm. I believe, and doing some brewing. 
and just got hit with some you know sexist comments that that I'm sure a lot of women have had to endure and it just was something that she said that she wasn't used to being away from that uh, being at home for a year so it just really frustrated her in a way that she probably hadn't felt before mm-hmm. um, and I'm, I'm, I might be speaking for her and if I am I apologize but that was kind of my impression and so she went on Instagram to talk about the situation that she experienced um, and talk about her frustration with that and then it asked for similar stories like hey any women out there do you understand what I'm saying you know like give me some similar stories and and receive thousands of replies yeah if you um, go to her Instagram handle which is at rat magnet um, again uh, her name is Brianne Allen at rat magnet she saved all of these stories on her profile so you can go back and look through um, her Instagram profile and and really just check out how in-depth these come but it kind of started off with just a few people sharing similar instances of sexism and then it spiraled to instances of sexual of actual sexual harassment not just sexist comments right but actual like physical sexual assaults Mm -hmm. in certain circumstances and and just kind of blew up from there there was an article covering the whole situation in vine pair that was published just this week from beth demon and um, she kind of goes through the kind of the background and calls out some of the people that popped up over and over and over again. So you'll see some of the people that are named are Sean Hill, founder and brewer of Hill Farmstead, Jean Burlett, co-founder of Tired Hands Brewing, Jacob McKean, founder of Modern Times, and then several other breweries. Uh, but those were some of the ones that, that popped up over and over and over again in as of the publishing of her article, there is something like 800 posts that went up uh, about just women sharing their stories of sexism, sexual harassment, sexual assault in the craft beer industry. I mean, I'm, I'm sad to say that it's eye-opening. This is something that, I mean, women in general, but I mean, this is digging into the craft beer industry mm-hmm. I mean, that they're dealing with. It's just kind of sad and, and eye-opening. Yeah, and you know, we just talked about collaborations, how it's a small world, it's a community, mm-hmm. and to see like this community to have this underside that has always been there, really, mm-hmm. but to to bring it to light in this way is is eye opening. Like you said, I really encourage our listeners to go to Brian's Instagram mm-hmm. account and to look through. I didn't go through all of them. There's, there's so many stories. I be like a thousand of them, I think. I, I mean, probably by now. I mean, the the article said that there are over eight hundred, but probably you know she's been adding to it, mm-hmm. and everything's still like coming in. And so go through it, like really take some time and see what these women have have gone through and experienced, and like read their stories because it, they're important. And and like you said, they are eye opening, and the community needs to do better and needs to be better. And I think like said this is all newer for Mm -hmm. us as we're going through this and reading these articles and the coverage on it so things may have changed and been updated since we're talking about this but like like a lot of things really need to change and and improve as you said it's it's a developing story i mean they range from women working in the tap rooms and male customers not wanting to ask them questions about beer because 
why would a woman know anything about beer? Which right. is sort of the their mindset, right? Right. And to, I would say those are some of the more minor yeah, yeah. things. Like those I, are, I'm saying it ranges from that to like yeah. this woman who was driven home and attempted rape. Attempted rape. So like yeah. it's just it, it runs the gamut for sure. But it's just really uh disturbing. Yeah. Since these stories have come to light in this article, and there was a, an article in uh, Good Beer Hunting written by Kate Bernat, I believe. I apologize, Kate, if I butchered your last name uh, and you're listening. Uh, please listen. Her article, Judgment Day Outpouring of Beer Industry Sexual Abuse Allegations on Instagram Sparks Questions of Guilt, Innocence, and legal vulnerability, even from when she published her article to just now the there were updates, Jack, uh, Jacob McKeon, founder and CEO of Modern Times in San Diego has stepped down and the company announced that, you know, he is stepping aside because of all of uh, all of these allegations and they're going to look for someone new to lead Modern Times Brewing. It's also been reported that the uh, gentleman in charge of Tired Hands has temporarily stepped aside. Gene Brolet or Brolette, he has temporarily stepped down. But those are two uh, of kind of like the bigger breweries that... Um, that came up a lot in, in this account. And even the employees have decided to stop working, to shut down brewing production until things have changed. And that's been putting pressure on this leadership to actually make those changes. And mm-hmm. so that that's good that these leaders are who have failed are stepping aside mm-hmm. and hopefully um, new ones can come in and, and right the ship and make these sweeping changes. I think it's interesting that, as you were mentioning, that we were talking about how it's a very community-based culture, brewing, especially craft brewing, that this is going down. It's just um, it's just sad. I would say, so from our perspective, so we're not industry people at all. Like, to our perspective, is is a little different than industry people, and it's also different from women. But, like, what do we do with this information that we're now given, Right. As not industry people who we don't, we're not in charge of breweries, we're not in charge of craft beer bars or any bars or anything like that. We're two guys that buy craft beer that like to drink beer, right? So I think like our responsibility is to not put our dollars towards these breweries that have these histories of, you know, sexism, sexual harassment. Uh, sexual, uh, you know, sexual abuse and and all of that. So racism, racism. Yeah, I mean that was covered in some of these too. Yeah, obviously. I mean that it's all of that is really yeah. interconnected, yeah. right? And so like just not spending money on those beers that you maybe you enjoyed them in the past, uh, but like if the brewery is going to be acting like this to steer your dollars elsewhere to places that you know and you've seen are actually respectful towards women and minorities and 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 all people really but like um, making sure that your dollars go to places that have actually been respectful and, and have not had issues like this or if you know if it is a situation of like one bad apple they get rid of that bad apple right it's not something that they just let fester on right and the good news is there's a lot of craft brewers so uh, yeah. If there's one that you just particularly like or whatever in there in some of these posts or you just view it at a tap room if you're just, you know, there and you mm-hmm. observe it. I mean, there's other craft brewers around. There's, yeah. So uh, your your money there's, is your is your mouth in a lot of ways. Yes, yeah. there's so. thousands of craft breweries. You don't need to you don't need to spend your money on places that are going to be treating people that that way. 
And if you are listening to this and uh, we don't want to like scare off our five listeners, but, and you're one of these people who are uncomfortable asking women, specifically the women who are at the tap room, suggestions for what to drink or whatnot, or, or uh, unreasonably, uh, I'm not even sure what to say. But anyway, if you're if you're being a dick, stop being a dick is basically what I'm right. saying. So like again, we're consumers. Like from the consumer perspective, because there were there were some stories about you know customers coming in and being assholes to women that work at breweries and mm-hmm. like oh let me talk to him because he'll know more and things like that. Like yeah. it's not that hard to not be an asshole. Just yeah. don't be an asshole. Right. Like it's really not that hard to not be an asshole. To like a server and the server happens to be a woman to ask them about the beer like it's not that hard they're yeah. gonna they work there it's their job to it's know. their job to know yeah. like it's they work there it's actually in their best interest to know a lot about the beer right so that you will buy more of it yeah <laughs> and their tip goes up right <laughs> ideally ideally but like be a good tipper too if you're yeah. a bad tipper, be a better tipper. Be a better tipper, for sure. But this but, is not about that. Sorry. Yeah. This is about, like, it's not that hard to just, like, not be an asshole and say, and if you're genuinely curious about the beer list, what do you recommend? These are the types of beers that I usually drink. And then listen to what they say. Yeah. That's not difficult. No. Yeah. I mean, it's just treating people with the respect and dignity that they deserve as a person. Yeah. Right. If we say craft beer is for everyone, it really has to be for everyone, right? We talking about it as a close community, like that community needs to be inclusive and not exclusive. And women shouldn't have to put up with idiot men, basically is what it comes down to. And like worse than that too, but like on a day-to-day basis, there's a lot of... Whether it's their boss or their customer. Yeah. Yeah. They shouldn't have to deal with it. Right. But we just thought like this could be a really important moment. There's a lot to be said when there is some change that's happening at some of these places, hopefully more change is coming. And so we thought it was really important to bring this up. And and hopefully by the time uh, we get this podcast up and available for listeners that more information has has come out. But definitely uh, check out the Vine Pair article by Beth Demon, and um, also check out the Good Beer Hunting article by Kate Bernat and get their perspectives and really dig into what's going on and also take the time to look through Brianne Allen's Instagram stories and really, really take in what these women are experiencing and what they're, what they're saying goes on at these breweries. And then the, the big takeaway is, again, to put your money towards breweries that don't act like that. Give your money to breweries that are worth it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think we're going to move from this to some little bit lighter news. Yeah, we've, we've dealt a lot with mental health, sexual... Sexism. Sex, yeah, yeah, sexual sexism. harassment. Well, and, a, lot of, a lot of heavy issues this, this podcast episode. We got... So we'll end on something a little lighter. Yeah, we tend to have a lighter-hearted beer news to wrap up. Yeah. But for loyal listeners who listened to our last podcast, Beer for Ball Games, they both they know that we both like baseball. Yep. You're wearing you happen to be wearing a Cardinals t-shirt right now. Yes, I am. I am wearing a Cubs t-shirt. We did not plan this. No, we didn't. It I- just it just happened this way. When you open the door, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Like, this is perfect. Yeah, it just happened this way. But we we love baseball and we love beer. We do. And when those two things come together, 
like it did last episode for beer for Paul games. It's great. But also it comes together in the form of drinking beer at a ball game. And Micah, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the innovative new way to drink beer at a ball game? There's an article in sbnation.com dated on uh, May 17th by James, is it Dator? Dator? Yeah. Dator, Dator, yeah. Uh, it's highlighting a post somebody had put up, I think on Facebook, of they're sitting at a minor league baseball park holding up their beer. And, you know, you might expect like, you know, 16 ounce plastic plastic cup, cup yeah. clear, whatever. Particular person at the Myrtle Beach Pelicans ball game is holding up what looks to be a life size, close to life size baseball bat full of beer. Yes. So there's beer cups in the shape of a baseball bat. Like even the bottom's got the uh, like the you know how the, the little bottom, knob, the little knob, at yeah, the little bottom. knob at the bottom, and it's perfect. I mean, it's just like, how cool is that? Yeah. So it got us to thinking like, what other sport-related beer container would you like to drink beer out of? Well, I think of like that baseball bat looks like a terrific vessel for drinking beer. It is. It's it, it is pretty perfect. Right. So I like, you know, it's it's long cuz it's a full-size baseball bat, right? Right. So it, it's going to be a little bit long to tip, especially as you drink down through the whole thing, right? Yeah. But like who amongst us have hasn't gone to a bar and enjoyed a tall boy, right? Yeah. You know, where or you the, get or the yard, right? Yeah, the, the yard. Yeah. yeah. But you get like the the tall pours and those like whatever twenty three ounce uh, glasses. Well, this is uh, I believe this is twenty six ounces. Yeah, twenty six ounces of beer. So it's not that much more, and it comes in the shape of a baseball bat. So that you like, can take home. It's a souvenir. Home. It's, yeah, yeah. How great is that? So I can just fill it up with my hazies when I get home. That's right. Or give it to your boy, and uh, yeah. you can just run around the house with a baseball bat. Yeah, that'd be perfect. That's that'd be just fine. Yeah, I think the baseball bat, in terms of athletic equipment, at least how this is shown, is probably one of the better vessels for drinking out of, like, major sports. Yeah. Right? We talked about this a little beforehand. Like, it'd be really, like, a football is is not really, like, a good, like, thing to drink a beer out of. It, it would yeah. be a good vessel for other things. Yeah. But not, maybe not beer. Yeah. No. Or, like, a basketball would be tough. Football helmet? Well, I mean, it's it's like you're drinking out of a bowl at that yeah, point. Exactly. I mean, you get helmet nachos at like a baseball game, but that's yeah. not liquid, right? I think we're you're holding. Liquid. Well, we're getting to a different thing where like baseball really has the best vessels <laughs> for food and that's, and now beverage, right? That's true. Because like, so we have the bat full of beer, and like, who amongst us? went to a ball game as a kid, didn't get the little baseball helmet full of ice cream, right? Yeah. So you have the little baseball helmet full of ice cream, and now, like, the helmet full of nachos or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, at the at Wrigley Field to watch the Cubs, you get the big slugger nachos, mm-hmm. which is a full-size baseball helmet full of nachos, and it's terrific. And, like, I, I realize I don't have the, the biggest head. Like, my head is actually size-wise smaller on the smaller end. But, like, the helmet is bigger than my head. So it's it's perfect. So I can't think of really too many other sports that yeah. has that has such diversity in their food vessels. Yeah, I mean like I think the closest maybe like a hockey stick. Yeah. 
But I don't think you'd hold a lot of beer in there because it's a lot narrower. Yeah. Even though it's longer, it's narrower. I mean, when you win the Stanley Cup, you put beer in it and drink out of it. Right. But, like, I'm not winning a Stanley Cup anytime soon, are yeah. you? No, and they're not, like, <laughs> selling Stanley Cups for you to buy at the concession right. stand. Right. They probably are not allowed to do that. No. Besides, that's, again, just kind of drinking. I mean, let's be honest. The Stanley Cup's almost like a just a bowl at the top. It's a cup. I mean, it's, it's called it's a, literally. A I cup. know it's called a cup, but it's like a bowl size. It's a cup. It's a big. It's a big chalice. It, <laughs> like, <laughs> like a king would drink out of at a uh, you know a, a big royal feast. <laughs> you eat into a wild boar and drink from his giant chalice. That's the whole point of the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, but it's still kind of like drinking out of a bowl. Yeah, it's a big <laughs> cup. It's huge. So yeah, I think a baseball bat probably is the best. Yeah, for like major sporting equipment. I mean, you get baseball, football, hockey, throwing soccer. I mean, soccer you just have the ball. The ball. Yeah. Just like basketball, you just have the ball. Yeah, you don't really have anything other than that. I mean, hockey you got a helmet. A tennis but... racket would be terrible. <laughs> Uh, golf. golf? Actually, they make these, don't they? In golf. I've, I remember seeing this. Not not in person, but like, I think it was like on a magazine. I think it was a hollow driver. <laughs> and you fill it, fill it with booze. But I don't know if it's beer, because I think that would get hot by the end of your... Right, it's probably more like a flask. Yeah. Uh, for like liquor. So like, because like, it, that's really narrow too, so you're yeah. not going to fit that much right. in there. You know, that's like probably barely a beer's worth yeah. that you're getting in there. Yeah. Like, like a, you pour out your like 16 ounce can and you'll have like half of it left over. Yeah. So I, I probably wouldn't do that. Like golf is like a perfect drinking sport. Because especially if you're not like a major golfer, mm-hmm. you know, if you're just like a, ca- a casual golfer, it's a really great drinking sport, right? But like the equipment itself isn't great for holding drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Tennis, golf. Yeah. So basically baseball's one of the best sports there is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really can't think of... For drinking apparatuses. Yeah. I really can't think of any other sporting equipment that I would hollow out and fill and be able to fill that much beer. And we, sh- we should point out that the Myrtle Beach Pelicans say that the beer bat uh, is sold for $15 and holds 26 ounces of beer, which is a really great deal for a baseball game. It's true. I, I mean, I don't know minor league because I haven't been to a minor league game in a while, but like for like, if I'm going to to a major league game, that's that's a really good deal for that amount of beer. I have been to quite a bit of minor league games, and I feel like they have really good drink specials because they're just trying to get people yeah in the game. But yeah, I think that's a pretty good deal even for that. I know this is not quite on topic, but I was watching or I was online, and somebody reposted something from I think Barstool. Somebody had taken a picture of a fan at a golf tournament, a patron, I think they called him, uh, wearing a golf glove <laughs> as a fan, and uh, they're like, "Well, I guess because he was holding a beer too." He's like, "Well, I guess if you're just trying to get a good grip on your beer." Right. And trying to avoid the condensation. It's like a koozie. Yeah, it's like a koozie. But for your but hand. Yeah, exactly. So it, it kind of made me think of that a little bit. But it was all a little weird. Although, I mean, I would go to a major, even a minor league or a major league baseball game, I'd still take my ball glove. Yeah. That's the kid in me, I guess. Have you ever caught a foul ball? Foul ball? No. 
I've gotten balls before, but not from a foul. Okay. Or a home run ball? No, no home run. No. Yeah. You? No. Closest I ever got was like, there's a couple times when I, I, well, there's one ball that like whizzed past me. Oh. And it like hit the guy that was like in the row behind me and like over like two or three seats, Mm. hit him right in the leg. Ooh. And then the guy sitting next to him got the ball. Oh. And he was like, hey, can I get a picture with that bruise on your leg? Oh. Yeah. So it was, Insult to injury. Like, yeah. if you get the bruise on your leg, you gotta get the you ball. You get the ball. And then I had one where, like, uh, a ball, I was sitting, like, way in the, like, way in the upper deck, and it was a fall ball, uh, and there was, like, nobody else in the section, really. So it, like, hit an empty spot in the section, and then bounced up towards where, like, towards my row, but it was, like, four or five seats over and right into the hands of this woman that was just sitting there. And it's just like, we're like, there's probably 15 to 20 people total in this section. And it just happened to like bounce to the only other people in the row I was in. I was like, oh man, I would have got, if like, you know, if they had been like a row or two back or forward, I would have gotten gotten it. But I think on Mother's Day weekend, there was a picture going, I'm sure I didn't see the live or even a video of it, but I saw a picture of, this mom, she's got a baby. This is, I think it was a major league game. Had a baby in like the carrier on her on her belly, uh, on her front, and uh, she's like reaching up with. I think she had a glove and she caught the ball. Nice. Have you seen that one? No, I didn't. I didn't see that one. That's. I like the also the. I think this was at a Cubs game like five years ago. Wasn't there that dude? He was holding his baby and he caught the ball with barehanded or something. Yeah, I don't remember. If it was, I mean, I've, I've seen it, things like did that. Did he catch it in his beer? I don't remember. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, things that pop up like That's that true. where, like, a guy's, like, holding a baby or, like, catches it in the beer or whatever, you know. I remember, like, there, this was a while ago, but, like, there was, like, a, a cameraman, I think it was at a Cubs game, where, like, a foul ball came, like, kind of pretty hard hit, and, and the cameraman just, like, holding the camera and, like, reaches his hand out and, like, catches it barehand, and, like, the camera, like, just is steady the whole time. You can show, like, the shot of it, and it's, like, you can see the ball, like, whiz past the camera, and you're, like, and he caught it, with his, he just, like, reached out and got it. So Just nonchalant. Yeah, just, like, like it was got nothing, it. Yeah. yeah. I respect that. That's pretty awesome. I'd like to think if I had a chance to catch a foul ball, I would not make a fool of myself, but I well, probably it, would. it all depends, right? Like, are we talking one of those, like, you know, screamers coming at you? Because those, I don't yeah. want any part of that. Well, they've kind of limited those because they've got those oh, screens up yeah, now. Yeah, it's extended So you're net. pretty much going for, like, a pop-up yeah. nowadays. But even those are a little harder. Yeah. Well, they they get a lot of spin. I mean, those foul balls have a ton of spin on them, too. You'll see the slow-mo on some of these, and you can see the spin, and it, like, spins right out of... I mean, the person would have made a great catch barehanded, but it just spins, spun right out of their hand. Yeah. That's true. I don't know. I just don't want to become a a meme. I think that's my goal in life, is not to be... (laughs) It's probably a meme. It's probably a good goal. Good or bad, I just don't want to be one. There's something I, I saw a while ago, like, there's something to the effect of, like, every day there's, like, there's, like, a main character on Twitter, and your goal should just never be that main character. <laughs> that is my goal in life. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that, that, <laughs> I respect that. It's, it's a true. good goal. So hopefully we don't say anything dumb on this podcast, or else we probably have. <laughs> we only have five listeners. And most of them know us, so that helps. 
We have more than five. I thought we were in the dozens. We did actually. Uh, I, did I tell you our last episode? Well, not the last episode, but the one where I was talking about my home brewing. Yeah, was the most listened to episode. All right. So it yeah. had it had been previously was our our first episode, which is kind of sad because that one sucked. Yeah, I think we can both agree that one was probably one of our worst for sure. But we were just getting our feet wet. Yeah, but like the our latest one. Just dropped less than a week ago. Right. So we're that one's going to take off. Yes. I, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last I saw, there was not quite 20. We'll get there. Yeah. Don't worry. And uh, last I checked, the, the homebrewing one had like 49. Okay. So yeah. Well, keep keep listening. <laughs> Our goal, we should have like a, one of those things, like if we get to X amount of listeners, we'll do something really crazy on Instagram. I don't know if we should do that. Oh. All right. We'll put a pin on that. All right. We'll discuss. <laughs> we'll discuss offline. <laughs> we'll take this discussion offline. Yeah. Well, I think it's been a pretty good episode, although serious. But, yeah. Uh, good beers. Good beers. Uh, a good cause for the things we don't say beers given to hope for the day. And then obviously a lot of pretty serious stuff going on with the you know sexual harassment allegations that have flooded around and, and hopefully, you know, major changes is... Uh, major changes are coming to the craft beer world as a result of it. And if you have drank beer out of one of these cool baseball bats, uh, let us know somehow on the, maybe just on at the 4E podcast. Just tag us at the 4E yeah. podcast on your Instagram post and, and I'll see it. Yeah. So uh, that would be pretty cool. Uh, at the 4E podcast, at Instagram, Twitter, uh, you'll see the pretty photos that Russell framed really well. He cleared out the shoes in the background yeah. before he took the picture. That's right. So No shoes, no, no, no raccoon jackets no from raccoon my son. Jackets. Just around the corner is a scooter, though. I think he could have like placed that kind of in the background. Is that a scooter? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. What is it? It's a balance bike. That's a balance bike? I'll have to take a look at it again. Well, it's not a scooter. It's a, you sit on it, and there's no pedals, oh. so you just, you just push yourself along. Well, either way, it could have been a nice background. Yeah. It's a nice little bike. He loves it. <laughs> Trying to think. What do we normally say now? Thanks for listening. Uh, tell your friends. Subscribe. Give us five stars. And uh, steal your friends' phones to subscribe on their phones and give us five stars. And then give their phone back. Yes, obviously. <laughs> or yeah, or don't. Whatever. They're your friends. <laughs> That's right. You're accountable to them. <laughs> All right. Uh, awesome. Till next time. All right. Alexa, end the podcast. <laughs> Don't think about beer. Don't think about beer. Don't think about beer.